Well, welcome, church family, to another edition of the Sunday Recap Podcast, where Pastor David and I sit and yes. chat about all things Sunday. All things Sunday. <laughs> and then some things at the end that don't pertain at all to there Sunday. There you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So here we are, another Monday. How was your weekend? Uh, again, good uh, good weekend. Had the family Thanksgiving. in town, Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about tradition, so it was nice having all, all the family together. Yeah. How yeah. about you guys? No, it was a good week, good Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah, good time. Got, good to, time. got to enjoy food. the food that we liked, yeah. yeah. My, my mom, uh, she, she didn't. She purchased one, and then she made the other one, but she did a brine turkey, okay. which was, I told you last week, I said I like turkey, yeah. and that brine turkey, I, it was delicious, so, yeah. so I don't know. I actually ended up finding, I said last week about broccoli cheese casserole, I ended up finding a keto <laughs> version that I made on my own, it was so good, I can't wait to make it again. Broccoli cheese casserole. Yes, it, it was is, delicious. Oh, it was, it good. was delicious. Good. Well, yesterday we continued in the book of Luke. Yeah. And we talked about a great fun subject, circumcision. Yes, yes. <laughs> and as we follow in the story of Jesus. And it's good because one thing, again, that we've talked about before, what's great about going through a book of the Bible, it causes you to slow down. Yeah, yeah. And look at verses that you'd only skip over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not read it all, or you go, okay, what does this actually mean for us? Right. And uh, so, yeah. Um, so as you prepared for the sermon, things that stood out, things, yeah. uh, yeah. Well, it, something that really stood out to me, in fact, I was looking at my notes this morning for this upcoming week, because I think I talked to you midweek and, uh, I was like, oh, I'm breaking this message up into two, yeah. you know, and because what we looked at in Luke chapter two here was the presentation of Jesus at the temple and also his circumcision. And there's so much that's going on there. And so I appreciate what you said, just like slowing down you know, somebody came to me after the service and said, that was the first message in my entire Christian life that I've ever heard addressing and talking about circumcision. Yeah, and I said, same yeah. for me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, because it's come up in Luke's gospel already with John, mm-hmm. circumcision. It's coming up here with Jesus. And then it's, as I said, all throughout the Old and New Testament. Yeah. And so as I was even preparing last week, I was like, there's a lot of depth here that I think we fail to understand a lot that comes before and afterwards because we're not in a world in which circumcision is practiced in the way that it was here and its significance to us culturally didn't hold what it hold, right. held back then. And so, um, yes, yeah, so one of the things that stood out was I was like, okay, I need to slow down because even what we're going to see this upcoming week with um, with Simeon and Anna in the temple and, and what happens there. There's a the whole depth of, of things. But okay. um, so, yeah, so I appreciate it. One was, was slowing down. Um, what really stood out to me, and I've been saying this throughout Luke's gospel, and I'll say it again, is the Jewishness of Jesus. Yeah. You have to understand that he was born into a very specific historical context, and he came to fulfill the law. He had to do all of these things, all of these, these rights, all of these um, commandments that, that God had had. And, um, you know, even this one. I mean, Jason, we're talking about God in human form as a baby. And I said that in both services, mm-hmm. but that just, just mm-hmm. hit me. Um, this little baby, the creator of the universe... And then he's coming humbly in that way, um, just so, um, so vulnerable, if you will. And then having someone perform on him this act. Mm-hmm. Now, 
here's something that I didn't mention. Who would have performed the act? If you notice, it doesn't tell us who's circumcised. Uh, today, if you're a Jewish person, usually it's a rabbi that's going to come and do it. Even back then, it could have been a rabbi, but typically it was the father that did okay. it. Okay. So most likely, it was Joseph. Now, I'm a little hesitant in saying that I think it's Joseph because obviously the text doesn't say. Right, right. Also, he was pretty young. This was his first child. So I don't know. But I mean, just what humility that would have been yeah, if yeah. you're doing that to your own son. Yeah. And again, pointing to the reality of sin. What did circumcision represent? It represented the sign of the covenant. Mm -hmm. It represented that through man, through Abraham's seed, literally would come the deliverer. But it also, as we saw, as Jeremiah points out, as God points out through Moses, it represents the cleansing for sin, that mm -hmm. this, this, mm -hmm. this dirty part, this unclean part needs to be removed from yeah. our own hearts. We had to yeah. circumcise our hearts. So, so I'm just, I'm just imagining, I'm like, I'm taking a moment to ponder and try and put myself in their shoes and then put myself in, uh, this is impossible to do, but God's shoes. Right, and being able to say, right. Like he's doing all of that as Galatians would tell us to be born under the law, um, to fill it. So <clears throat> that's just one of the things that really, you know, stood out to me. Yeah, and you said yesterday, why did God allow himself well, yeah. to go through this? Yeah. And, yeah. and you make a good objection while well, he was a baby, couldn't do anything. But God laid out through the angel what he wanted for Jesus anyway. And so that could be something that he could have said. Yeah. No, he, no you're not going to circumcise him. Right. So we talked about this podcast being something that's like, what are things that you're not going to necessarily get into yeah. in, on Sunday morning? But it's like, <clears throat> come on. He gave all these other instructions yes. to Zechariah. He gave them to Mary. He gave them to Joseph. He could have said like, hey... This son isn't going to need to be circumcised right. because he's, he's the end of it, right? You know, he's, yeah. and, then, and then going back to the ritual, the rite of the sacrifice, something that I maybe wasn't as clear on is, you know, it says that when the time came for their purification. Hmm. So we talked about how Leviticus 12 tells us that um, the woman was considered unclean for 40 days after the child was born, and so she would have to present herself after the 40 days and offer up a sacrifice you know, for the cleansing of, of her sins, which again, this idea that you gave birth to, you, you've, you've perpetuated right, a right. sinful race. Like, come on, it's not like the most pleasant thing to think about, but that's why they're doing it, mm -hmm. right? Is because an innocent hasn't come into the world, yes. right? And another sinner has, and, and so the woman has to be cleansed for that. By the way, and this did hit the cutting room floor because they didn't have time for it. You go on in Leviticus and it was double the amount of time for mm. a, uh, if you give birth to a daughter. Mm. And so some people have, now I'm just, people are trying to understand why was it double the amount of time that a woman was considered unclean if she had a daughter? Like, mm. are women worse? Or what, like, what's the, and, and there's two theological reasons potentially that have been proposed. The, the Bible doesn't say. Number one is that it was the woman who sinned first. And so a okay. reminder of, of the woman sinning first. It could also be, I tend to fall into this camp, is that because obviously a young girl was not circumcised, yeah. it was that additional reminder mm -hmm. <clears throat> by the, the lengthening of the time of the woman's un uncleanliness is why, uh, you know, it was even longer for the mom to be, you know, considered unclean. But then as I mentioned, it says for their purification. So when Jesus was dedicated, he was sinless, right? But he had to be presented. It says in Exodus that the firstborn that, that comes out of the womb belongs to the Lord. And so in order to redeem that 
child's life so that, so that you can raise them yes. as your own, you'd have to sacrifice something else in, in his place. Yeah. And, uh, and so that's why there had to be a sacrifice made for Jesus, even though he was sinless. Yeah, and, and reminding ourselves, we look at the Old Testament and all the, the rules and laws put in place. And they're really, yes, it's, it's God's people set apart. But as you just mentioned, they're reminders. Yeah. They are, they are reminders yeah. of, our, of our sinfulness and our need for, for something greater than us yeah. and a redeemer and a rescuer. And so uh, it all points to Christ. It all does. Well, and you would think, all right, so why don't we need these reminders of our sin, right? Yeah. Um, because I think there's something powerful for the Jewish person back then, even for Jesus. You're always doing these sacrifices. You're always being reminded. He's holy. You're mm-hmm. unclean. He's holy. You're unclean. And, uh, and then one of the things I think about is, well, Christ was sacrificed. Mm-hmm. What greater reminder do you need than the Lord's table? Mm-hmm. Coming and remembering right. that God died for you, not to make you a better person or not because, you know, you weren't quite good enough. It was because you are a sinner that mm-hmm. God died. Yes. And so it's like, why do we take communion every week? It, part of that reminder is the sacrifice that yes. Christ made for us and who we are now because of, of him. I mean, well, no longer you need to offer up a sacrifice for a, for yes. a lamb or whatever. Yes. Every single day, let alone every single Sunday, we can gather, we can take communion, we can be reminded like the greatest sacrifice was made. Why was that sacrifice made? Yes. To save and redeem. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and so they had it in the Old Testament, but we still have it today. Yes, yes. So... Speaking of Old Testament and today, yes. one question that came out of the sermon yesterday, I think you hit a little on this second service, but yeah. for those who especially were in first service, I know. so circumcision was required. Right, right. Old Testament, uh, yeah. Yes. So what about today? Is it something that is still yeah. required today? Yeah, no, you, you kind of get into the flow of things and you, and you maybe just say one line and that's what I did in the first hour, you know, but it wasn't, some people were like, wait a sec, so does yeah. circumcision still required today? So yeah, let's be abundantly clear. Um, you know, when it comes to the New Testament, the gospel is being preached in the book of Acts. One of the big questions for the Gentile believers, that is people like you and me who aren't Jews who get saved is, hey, what are we going to do? What, what of the Old Testament laws do they still have to obey? And so there's a whole council, like the apostles come together and they're searching the scriptures and they're praying and they're seeking the Lord. And it's in Acts 15. You can read the whole thing. In fact, I encourage people to do it, but, okay. but they come to it and they're addressing the question of circumcision. And it says this, but some men came down from Judea and were teaching the brothers. Here's what they were teaching. Unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. Hmm. All right. Like that's a big, so is yeah. that ultimately true? Yeah. So Paul comes and Barnabas, and it literally says, and after Paul and Barnabas had no small discussion and debate with them. <laughs> I love that. Like no small discussion and debate. So this was a big deal. Paul and Barnabas and some others were appointed to go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and the elders about this question. And so what ends up happening? At the very end, they, they have the, the big council, they have the big question, and they said, is this necessary? And here's the answer uh, that they give. They say, and this is in verse 28, for it has seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay mm. on you no greater burden mm. than these requirements, that you abstain from what has been sacrificed to idols and from blood, and from what has been strangled, and from sexual immorality. If you keep yourselves from these, mm. you will do well. Mm. And this says farewell. And so, so they said, no, circumcision is not mm-hmm. required. And mm-hmm. we know because Christ fulfilled yes. uh, the law for us. And uh, in fact, um, Paul gets a little bit more kind of graphic uh, later on when he's talking about those who still, I mean, even though the Jerusalem Council kind of uh, settled it, 
there's still this debate that's going on um, even afterwards. And so he addresses a, a group in Philippians 3. Um, and this is, he says, uh, <clears throat> Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is of no trouble to me. This is Philippians 3, 1. And if he says, look out for the dogs, look out for the evildoers, look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision who worship God by the Spirit and glory in Christ and put no confidence in the flesh. Mm, mm, and so mm. he just reemphasizes it's, it's there. Um, you know, in Galatians, he hits on it. He says, no, circumcision is not required anymore. There's neither circumcised nor uncircumcised, yeah. neither Jew nor Greek. Yeah. And uh, so praise, praise yeah. God for, for that. So you don't have to do that to fulfill the law because Christ fulfilled it for yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. Well, again, thank you for slowing down and explaining that, and 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 not only yesterday but today, and helping us to understand. Uh, it's in the Bible. It needs yeah. to be understood. It needs to be talked about. Well, one thing I would add to it is um, right after the Jerusalem Council, um, you have Timothy, who is actually um, you know part Greek, and uh, and as a grown man, he actually does have Timothy circumcised. Okay. Timothy chooses to do it. This is so. This is Acts 17. So this is after this, and so it's like, what's Paul doing here? Well, this is. I mean, you want to talk about becoming all things to all people. Yeah. He doesn't circumcise Timothy in order for Timothy to be accepted by the Lord. Mm. He has Timothy circumcised so that Timothy can have interactions with yes. the Jewish yes. unbelievers, um, and uh, because he wouldn't have access to those circles. So so Timothy goes all the way to do that mm. as a grown man mm. so that he might win mm. some and, and have access to it. So, mm. um, wow. which by the way, one final little, whether fun fact or not, I, I mentioned this a few weeks ago, I think, um, you know, in that day, tradition was that when you were circumcised, there were 10 witnesses present okay. so that if later on your circumcision came into question, I gotcha. Yeah. Somebody could validate that for yeah. you. So, yeah. I mean, it's such a humbling thing and yes. stuff, but it's like, but, yes. but, but praise God, Christ is the fulfillment of that. So, okay. yeah, yeah. It's a good question. Well, yesterday you started your sermon with a question. I did. I did. So, I'm going to actually ask you that question. <sighs> Decorating for Christmas before Thanksgiving. Yeah. Or after Thanksgiving. Where do you stand on that? Where? Well, I thought it was interesting. You know, uh, I wanted to see where our church family yeah. was at. First hour, which uh, uh, was just completely full in, it was in here. Full. And so thank you to everybody who went to the second hour. Otherwise, you wouldn't have been <laughs> able to space. come to the first hour. <laughs> we were actually putting chairs out. Yeah, we were. First we service, were. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and so so I felt like we had a pretty good, mm -hmm. you know, representation of the church body. Uh, first hour, um, I would say maybe a quarter raised their hands. It's that it was acceptable. So Four. three quarters. And the moment that I saw only about a quarter of the people raise their hand, yes. I'm like, oh no, this could be this yeah. could be bad. So yeah. all right, so here's where we here's where I yeah, stand. Yeah, where's the um, watch Nikki stand? I, I'm I will often decorate the week of Thanksgiving. Okay. <clears throat> Um, so I'm not opposed to decorations coming up before Thanksgiving Day. And and partially here's the reason why. This a little bit of it's practical. I mean, I like the Christmas holiday and everything like that. But for us, it's been a little bit more of like a practical thing. Like mm. we have time off and, you know, like the day before Thanksgiving. So I'm like, okay, great. Then we can have the weekend kind of free. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. so we've done it like the week of Thanksgiving. Okay. So I love all people, uh, whether they decorate <laughs> or, not. To you. Wait, or not. So what about the Smiths? What do you guys do? Uh, now, Oh, yeah, I do know one thing about you, but go ahead. What's that? Well, your tree. Yeah, the fall tree. So fall tree. that actually kind of helps, I think. We put the fall tree up 
October-ish, the end. And so it's been decorated fall. Uh, it's gorgeous. Um, and so that helps us get to the Saturday after Thanksgiving or the Friday after Thanksgiving. I used to, I was a diehard, you cannot do it before right. the end of Thanksgiving. Now, it, just having kids, um, I became more gray in that area. So, but this year we did not. Actually, we enjoyed the fall decorations, and uh, we changed it over this weekend. We'll put the tree decorations up, hopefully this evening. Okay. But I'm not opposed to it. So one thing that in my early years of ministry, we did a Christmas performance the first Sunday of December. Yeah, yeah, that's early, but yeah. And so I would start working on Christmas in August. Oh, yeah. And we'd rehearse all the way from August to December. Sure. With, and so by the time that concert came around, I was done with Christmas. And yeah. so <laughs> You're... Uh, I was over it. My wife's like, oh, it's so hard the first few years of our marriage because you, you weren't celebrating Christmas with us anymore. You're, so. you're, you were checked out. Yeah. yeah. So, so go, going back from being no this to, to now with kids and going, okay, it doesn't last long enough you know, for the kids to enjoy. So I don't mind extending it one way or the other. Yeah, yeah. Now, I will say for the church as a whole, we're putting up decorations this week. Yes, we are. Um, we'll be decorating things. Actually. We'll start singing Christmas carols this start, Sunday. Start singing Christmas carols. Uh, we put out the Advent uh, yes. booklets yeah. so that people can can have those. We'll have some more this, this Sunday. And then, yeah, each Sunday now leading up the four weeks, yeah. which will include now Christmas Eve since it's on a Sunday. Um, yeah, we'll have the decorations up. Uh, Pastor Tony's going to be some, Do doing Advent, Advent with yep. the kids, which yeah. will be always a, always a sweet time. So, yeah, so as a church, we kind of take a stand. We, we do, we do, <laughs> after, Thanksgiving. after Thanksgiving. But it's going to be fun to see this, this worship center transform. Yeah, it really will. Yeah. And then uh, we have the ladies' Christmas dessert, which is going to be on Friday, yeah. and that'll be a... Uh, be great. So they'll have a little bit, they'll have some more decorations out yeah. here than what yeah. we'll have on Sunday. <laughs> but that'll be sweet. Cool. Yeah. Well, as always, thanks yeah, for chatting wonderful. with me. Yeah, it was good times. Church family, thanks for joining us. We'll yep. see you next time.